Hey everyone, welcome to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. I'm Scott Ramage, and today my guest is Zach Vassar. Zach describes himself as a son, a husband, and a dad of two daughters. He has had top-level success in direct sales and subsequently went through the company's complete financial crash. He has been an educator, a coach, an entrepreneur, and is currently serving as a company chaplain. Welcome to the show, Zach. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm excited to uh, to be a part of what you got going on here. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you. Now, I, I kind of want to start off with uh, your bio because uh, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit le- like mine, but I think there's a story here. You've, you've been an educator, a coach. Those kind of match together. I imagine you did those at the same time. Yep. Um, you were at the top level success in direct sales and watched that go through to its uh, financial crash. And now you're a chaplain. So man, walk us through that story. Yeah, man, it's kind of wild. So, you know, as a, as a kid growing up, I, I think I became a coach by default. I love sports and competition, played football, basketball, ran track growing up and went to college, played some small ball there. And it, it almost like a, almost like a funnel. It was just when it was time to graduate, I guess, let's just go coach. You know, that was what, what led that way. I don't come from a family of coaches. I come from a, a family. My dad's a truck driver. Um, I grew up a uh, small town, moved around a lot, but regardless, the competition thing um, really sent me in that direction. And my wife and I moved to her hometown. I coached in East Texas at a handful of schools, really loved it, man, enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, as we started building a family, financially, things got tight. We were looking for ways to bring some more income into the house. And we found some things, um, had some success with some different things. And then I was in a really really a crossroad part of life around 2012. I worked, I worked for a guy, um, who had gotten into a lot of trouble in our coaching staff. He was our head coach. And, you know, anytime in the coaching world, a head coach makes a big mistake and has to leave the new guy that comes in typically is going to bring his own guys. Right. So Absolutely. That, I, I, I was the assistant head coach in that scenario and that didn't look good for a guy like me. He, you know, that's the first one to go. So <laughs> just knowing the business, um, of coaching, that put my antenna up a little bit of, man, do I really want to continue this road? And so at the same time, we had this, this uh, side business going that was, it had done enough to bring my wife out of education. And, and so we, we probably focused on a little bit more in that season was able to get me home. I did take one more coaching job at the kind of the, the crest of all that mess. Um, and it, it was a great opportunity and it was just a really good thing. Um, but but where it all came down to it is I started weighing family. I started really weighing time, Scott. That was the thing. Was just my time. The coaching world is such a grind. And, man, hats off if you're listening and you're a coach. You, you're, you odds are, will impact more people than any one person that you'll ever know. Um, so there's nothing wrong with the coaching world. It's fantastic. However, for me, I just found, um, I found a way to, to spend my time differently. I found some desires, some things I didn't even know I was passionate about, you know, and you think you're just made for one thing and you begin to realize maybe you're made for more, you know, maybe there's more in out there. Um, you know, I believe that we've got this cool creator that, that he's got billions of people and he uses them strategically to connect one to one to another. And, you know, I just started looking up and, you know, it's interesting. I, I don't know where you're, wherever you're watching from, you, you probably have a job and whatever you do, you probably spend most of your time with those people that you do that job with. So in the coaching world, it's a really small bubble. It seems big, but it's really small. It's like a fraternity. 
And when you pop that bubble and get out of it, you start looking around, you realize there's a lot of life out there outside of that bubble. There's a lot of cool people. There's a lot of amazing places. There's a lot of just, you know, things. So I found myself like investigating the idea of just discovering what did that look like? And in that, um, we started wondering like, why do we even live where we live? What are we doing where we're at here in life? Um, I, I'd gone through a, a crazy marital, crazy marital situation in that same season of life. I, I would say if I, if we, if this call, if this call were about marriage, I'd get halfway through the story and everyone listening would say, I should be a statistic of divorce. And mm-hmm. I'm not, I have a thriving marriage today. Um, my wife and I walked through a incredible season of honesty, truth, and vulnerability. And man, just put our lives on the table with each other. And the Lord showed up in our life. And so, you know, so, but, so you t- tie all those things together in a season like that. And you start getting, you know, anxious and excited at the same time. What what all is left that you don't even know about? So we took a, took a move to the DFW area, lived there for a short period of time. And then started getting tugged to move to a good old town called Abilene. And I'm going to tell you right now, Scott, that's not where I wanted to go. That was not by any stretch, <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination, a, uh, a place I'd want to be in. And I'll tell you the reason why is because there were some things in my past in that, in this town that I didn't want to ever um, have to face or ever walk back into. And so anyhow, we did it. We, we moved there. Um, not really knowing what we were moving there for. We've, we've now been here close to five years. We absolutely love where we're at. Uh, I, I took a jog I, in working from home. I don't know if you're watching this. You may be working from home. I, I don't, I, I began to realize it's hard for me to just stay at home all day long. I'm a, I'm a go guy. I'm a get out of the house guy. And once kids were both in school, we were here in Abilene and I spent about two years trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And I come to find out nothing was wrong with me. I just needed to get out of the house. Yeah. And I, I reached out to a couple of good buddies and one of them happened to be the owner of an oil and gas service company. He was getting out of the house too. And he wanted me to come alongside him as a company coach and consult and do some things there. And so I did a few months later, the company chaplain that he had hired took a job as a pastor in a full-time role at a church in Georgia. And so that opened up a spot um, for me to become a chaplain. I'm totally not qualified for that. I have zero background. <laughs> I, I do not have a, a degree. I'm not a theologian. I'm not going to beat the Bible over your head, especially not here. Um, but I do have a heart for men. And in, this, in the, the oil and gas world that I'm in, uh, basically, I, I, I deal with a lot of guys that are truck drivers. Ironically, that's what my dad was. Mm. And, I, and I just think, you know, if he'd have had a man that could look him in the eyes when he was in his 30s, 40s, you know, raising a family and give him some truth and speak some life into him, that, that could have altered some stuff um, for our family. And, and I have a great dad and I have a great family. But, man, you know, I just think what opportunity I have right now to to speak life into men who got little Zach's running around looking up to him. Yeah. And so that's what I'm doing, man. Um, I'm excited about it. And, yeah, we're we're. We are in, we're here. That's where we're at right now. I love th- this story and, and here's why, and it may not resonate with other men, but the, the point will is I was in a very similar situation where my wife and I built a at home business and we're both able to resign, quit our, our jobs and work from home. And it was about two years, two years at home. And I was like, what am I doing? I'm bored to death. What am I? <laughs> I don't even understand. And I went and got a job 
and I went through the thing and um, the the point is is that we you know we have this drive and and not knowing what we're supposed to be doing isn't 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 the problem <laughs> I, I, maybe I'm not there yet but but it men struggle and they don't know who to talk to about it and yeah and um, and you have this opportunity now to talk to men in times of their life when they need someone talking into their men their life I went mm-hmm. through that two years and then the the years after that, which I talk a lot about in um, other podcasts, really struggling for like, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? What impact do I have on this life? I can't find people around me that, you know, um, I, I'm clicking with. And the thing is, is we've got to talk about it because you and I aren't isolated. I guess the point was, was that we have very similar stories. Yeah. I was isolated in it and didn't talk to anybody about it. So I know that there's many men out there. So like what were some of your biggest challenges going through all of these changes and, you know, ending up in Abilene, which is kind of out there in middle of nowhere, Texas, kind of, I mean, um, yeah. So what were some of the big, yeah, it's out here. Yeah. We're out in the middle of nowhere, man, Scott, let's not, let's not call it <laughs> something that it's not. So, um, you know, the, well, one of the challenges was new, new, everything new, you know, I moved to mm-hmm. a new place. You don't know anybody you got, you know, there's some people, you know, from, I went to college here in this town, but I'd been out for, good 15 years you know so it's not like you're coming back to the college scene in fact I didn't want anything to do with that um so that was that uh just acclimating um and also you know I think there's two things that men want in this world and I don't care what you do had nothing to do with that um there's two things number one we want to make a difference every man in the world wants to matter in what he does you want to make a difference in your home. You want to make a difference as a dad, as a husband, maybe in your workspace. You just want to make a difference, man. The other thing is you want to be shot straight. There's nobody – I've yep. never met a man that wanted to be sugar-coated, um, uh, you know, backdoored or whatever you want to call it. You just want to be – let's get eyeball to eyeball, shoot each other straight, and let's go make a difference. Ready yep. break. You know, I, I think most guys will fall into agreement there. So when you're in a new place and that's in your heart, that's, that's a challenge. You know, um, you know, so I started places you think to plug into, you know, the local church, well, that took some time figuring out where you want to be. And, and then, you know, the, the different parents of kids at school, you may have something in common with that sort of thing. And, and really what it, what it boiled down to was, man, Scott, I, I was, I was so wrapped up in that season of life and what I was doing and trying to bring what I was doing to a new community. And I, I almost became a recluse because I started realizing that what I do has really nothing to do with who I am. Even though I may say that, do I really believe that? And I went to an event about a year after living here. And there was a guy that gave a talk at that event about being called the poser. And he was talking about pretending to be something that you're not. And really it was just a big talk on identity, not what do you identify with, but who are you as a man? Who are you as a son of a creator? Who are you? If you were to, to, to just flesh yourself out, it get just butt naked honest with this is me. Take it or leave it. Who am I? And, you know, that's a that can be a scary place to get for guys. We got baggage. We got things that we escape to. We got things that we hide. Um, 
we got little things and vices that we may not want people to know about. There's an enemy out there who really does a good job convincing men that if you're vulnerable, you'll lose your credibility. Right. Uh, you can't really let people in. Um, man, I just got so challenged. This is probably like 2016, and I just started realizing, man, I'm I'm pursuing the wrong thing, man. Uh, the world will will teach guys. And I think this is probably this is probably the most critical thing I'd say on this whole entire podcast. The world is teaching you men a concept of do, have, and be. Meaning, man, if I could just uh, if I could just do this over here, and, and maybe have that one thing, then I could be somebody. If I could just have that bigger house, if I could just get in that right circle of friends, if I could just somehow figure out, man, if I could just do a little bit more, if I could try a little bit harder, so that I could have this this boat or this car or this whatever get in that neighborhood over there on the other side of the fence then man I, I i will arrive i will be fill in the blank and man you talk about an exhausting place to live and to be mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it, that's not life man it's not life the reality is you're already created very uniquely in an incredible way because you have been created that way you actually have you you have an inheritance you you already have all that you would ever need as who you are as a son of a creator. And because of that, when you can get those two things in your heart, get them to come alive, there's really nothing you can't go do. So it's really quite the opposite. The world will teach you do have be. The reality is be have do. You already are. You already have the resources. The people are already there. Look around. Start start just investigating who's why is this guy in my life? What what's what's this person here? Why am I in this person's life? You have no idea where that will take you. But it takes the limitations off. And I can tell you, there's, there's freedom in the place I'm talking. It's a sweet spot. There's a ton of freedom in living a life and stop chasing things to create some identity so that you can perform some sort of way and be in some sort of circle with some sort of people. If you're not careful, you'll get there and you'll hate yourself. Yeah. You'll get there and you'll, you'll, you, don't even know, you don't even like the company that you're with. And it's because you posed on your way to getting into that place outside of your identity. Yeah. Yeah, I found myself um, working in a kind of a, a smaller uh, business <clears throat> company and looked up two years after getting in and really realized that I was trying to be something I wasn't. I mean, not even close. And um, I was extremely unhappy. How, I mean, this has got to be super common. <laughs> I mean, oh man. Yeah. I, I wonder, like, so when we look at, men that like live, breathe and die hunting, live, breathe and die football, <laughs> live, breathe and die, um, corporate world, you, you know, all these things like, is, is this what you're talking about? And is there a place for that? Yeah, man. It's what's funny is I've been in all the circles. Mm -hmm. I've been in the, I've been in the live, breathe and die football. I grew up in Lano, Texas, which is a hunting capital of our state. Um, I've been in the corporate world as a director of oil and gas service company. I'm now a chaplain, which is like a volunteer thing. It's not a volunteer thing. I mean, I get, I get paid, but it, you know, most people who are in a ministry of okay, have some sort of volunteer heart, like a servant heart. Yep. And so, man, it, it, every single area, these, what I'm talking about exists. There's a hierarchy of some degree that if you're not careful, you'll find yourself pursuing that instead of pursuing more and more and more of who you are and who you're designed to be. And hear me, I'm not in any shape or form suggesting that um, you should not run for your goals and shoot for your dreams and go hit the marks, man. I, yeah, go hit them. Go hit them. 
What I'm suggesting is if you will discover who you are first, you'll hit those marks. They'll matter more. You'll hit them faster. You'll get to places and you'll go, how did I even get here? I mean, I've just experienced this um, supernatural sort of thing that happens when you get in alignment with who you are as a man and really as a son. So the, I think a lot of men are probably listening going, that's nice. Like, how do I do that? Because I think we yeah. toil uh, in day, day beginning to day end, many men toil with this struggle with this at some point in their ho- their life. And I actually think a lot of that has to do with the, the air quotes midlife crisis. But, um, you know, it, it's like, okay, great, Zach, I, I need to find out who I am. Um, yeah. a great Scott, because I kind of feel like I've, I've, I've gone through a very similar journey and I'm like, you know, great guys, good for you. <laughs> right. Like, so practically in, in practical terms, what does a man need to do to find out? And what is yeah. he, what are some signs? Like what, what did you notice or what? Yeah. I mean, you went to a class, you went to this poser thing and I mean, you know, not everybody has that opportunity. So yeah. What's your suggestion? Well, and, and that poser thing was just one of many, you know, it, one of many. It was just that one thing that kind of tipped the scale. I'll give you a straight running formula if you guys want to lean in. Um, I would say this right here. You need to first look to the places that you escape to. And what I mean is um, places that you, you, you run away to because you're just you're tired of um, family. You're tired of work. You're tired of this. So here, here's where a lot of people escape. They escape. In fact, to work, like when I was coaching, I would just stay at work and instead of going home, I would stay there for an extra 30 minutes, my feet on the table instead of seeing my family. And here's why, because I could win at work, but I couldn't win at home. Yep. This is when I was posing. So there's a place. So I needed to look at what I need to look into that alcohol. Man, I was extreme alcoholic. Uh, Man, I I never put a bottle down. I I don't even want to, I need to get into all that, but I was an extreme alcoholic. I was addicted to pornography had sexual addictions that ran from the time I was five years old when I got exposed to that stuff up until just, you know, seven or eight years ago, I got set free from that. But, but here's the reality is I knew, you know, the things that you're escaping to the ones that are wrong, you know, I don't have to tell you, I'm not your daddy, you know, in your heart, the things that you're doing that aren't right, investigate into those things, take inventory, um, hunting. You know, I know a lot of guys that run. It's funny you mentioned hunting earlier. I know a lot of guys that run away from all their problems to the deer blind. The deer blind will not solve your problems. If you're escaping there away from something that's putting pressure in your life, you need to investigate why. Gambling, video games. I never got caught up into video games, but I know some buddies that got caught into gambling. I was talking to a guy one day. Uh, we went out to dinner, and it was me and him and, and our wives. And we were, we were in conversation, and as we were talking, uh, we were talking about gambling. This guy was putting, like, anywhere from – Oh, I'd say five to ten thousand dollars a year gambling on like college and professional sports, mm-hmm. and in in our conversation, he he like he really he turned his back to his wife like real real serious like to make sure she could hear, and he said, "Do you think that gambling is a sin?" And I said, "Man, I don't I don't know. I don't think that's your problem. I think the fact that you had to turn your back to your wife to ask me the question is your problem." And so I, you know, we 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 hide stuff is what we do. Drugs, uh, church. Some of you guys go to church and you hide, man. You run to church as fast as you can to check the box. You get away from the junk in your life. And you're, you're like, you just sit there like something's going to fix. It's not going to fix. That's not going <laughs> to fix it. It's not going to do anything. It's just one more place you escape to, you know? And so what I would do is I, I would just, I would 
get a piece of paper out and write down the things that I escape to, to try to run away from or band-aid or solve my problem. If that makes sense. Because yep. if you can identify your problems, then we can start working on some solutions for those things. The second step is, man, you got to bring them to the light. Period. The end. You, not one thing in your life is going to change that's a problem until it gets exposed. And that can be, I, I would not suggest that needs to be with your wife right out of the gates. I would say you need to pick up the phone with someone that you trust uh, and you need to let them know, man, here's what's going on. You need to start opening up and being who you really are, like expose who you actually are, good, bad, and different to another man and, and begin the process of bringing things to the light. And there will be a time where you can do that with your wife. So I'm not suggesting that doing that with one person is going to solve your problems, but I am saying that the Lord will reveal to you the right time to do that. And there will be a time for that. But when you do that, be prepared that she may have some things too. Yep. I walked through that storm. Yep. Crazy stuff. And all the while, very healthy. Enemy will tell you, can't go there, man. I'm here to tell you it's a lie. L living a life and hiding is the, is just, Oh man. Not worth it. Yeah, I think a lot of times men will ask questions based, you know, like, well, why do you, why is, why is there an addiction to pornography? And I don't really want to get into that other than I do know sure. that there's science out there now that says it is a pretty serious addiction. It Absolutely. Can, and, it, and the chemical oh, releases yeah. and um, drinking and gambling. And I, my question is, is exactly what you're saying. Do you share that with your closest people in your life? Like, absolutely. If yeah. you are having to, like you said, turn away and say, is gambling wrong and hide it from your wife, then you obviously already know the answer. <laughs> yeah. That's right? what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 You, th th this is not trivial pursuit. You know, <laughs> listen, you know yourself better than anyone else. Mm -hmm. You know, the things that are in you that need to come out of you. What I'm suggesting is they are the things that you know aren't good are not going to change until you put them on the table. Yep. You have to be able to surrender these things. Yeah, I think one of my um, my main goals is for men to know that they're not into things. They're not in this alone. And right. two, they need somebody that they can count on and look up to, to call them out and feel safe to expose the things that they're hiding. Those things are just so incredibly important. Accountability, vulnerability, and leaning into um, pain. We're talking, Josh and I, um, co-founders of Brotherhood of Fatherhood, are, are talking about a continuum and where you can grow and the life of abundance, moving towards abundance, but the opposite of that is avoiding pain. And, um, right. It's comfort. Yeah. It's mediocrity. It's uh, disengagement. It, I love that you said, I know I can, I know I can win at work, but I, I don't know what's going to happen at home. So you spent the extra 30 minutes in the office, man, yep. guilty. My hand is as high as it can ever get. Right. And, um, and men need to know that other men are here and available if they find the right people to hold them accountable, talk to them and work through this because we have so much more in us than that. Man, it's just every time I've ever gone to somebody with an issue of mine, it, the first thing that is I realize is I'm not alone. Yep. 
I mean, the in, here's what the enemy tells you guys. If you don't know, there's an enemy that's out there that's just not got your interest in mind. And what he will do is convince you that nobody has done what you've done. You're the worst. Oh, that porn addiction you have, you know, whatever the, 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 the affair you're in. I was, I was caught up in a, a sex capade deal for a couple of years and I got in connected with a guy who had 12 different mistresses and affairs. And I'm sitting here thinking I'm in the worst, I'm in the worst human in the world. And I'm not saying there's a comparison game. Don't hear me there. I'm just saying like, <laughs> you haven't done anything too far that you cannot be redeemed. Yeah. It, it, there's not a place of that. Well, very early on, and um, I hear this a lot is I actually get asked this a lot is, is my marriage even salvageable? And this is a little off topic from the identity thing, but I don't think it is. <laughs> oh, I think it's good. This is good. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. And, and my answer is like, absolutely not. I've seen people come from way beyond where you're at right now. Like I, I kind of actually want to dive a little bit into that because I think most men um, kind of don't treat marriage like, like a game, like, a, like they would the intensity of their favorite sport. If they were going to the ball court and pit, doing a pickup game of basketball, I think they're more. A lot of men are more invested in winning there than they are in their marriage. Um, that's a really bold statement. I'm sorry if I offended you, but it's probably true. No, it's a fact, man. Hey, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, guys want to be shot straight, right? Yeah. So I, uh, I just wanted to kind of circle back around on that because I imagine there's yeah, people yeah. listening that think their marriage is over. No, yeah. Let's say this, and here's why that does pertain to identity, is because if you want a good marriage. It has to start in the mirror with who you are. If you want to be a good dad, you first have to be a good son. Yep. If you want to be a good husband, you first need to be a good son. If you want to be a good friend, you first need to be a good son. So what, what I love about identity is it is the foundation to everything in your life that you would like to see improve. It starts with you. It starts in the mirror. And that's not to put pressure on you. That's not to say that everything is in bad in your world is all because of you. I'm just saying start there. And yep. as far as marriage goes, you know, your, your wife, Dan, listen, she married, my wife married me because she wanted me to take charge as a man. She does. She wants me to stand in the gap with her. She wants me to um, rise to the occasion to make some tough decisions. She's looking for that. And, I, and I'm not trying to make this sometimes leader. The word leadership can freak guys out because, you know, there's two million leadership books out there. Yes. You've read them all. And now you feel like the worst leader on the planet Earth. So I don't want to put pressure on you in that, but I do want to say, man, hey, you have what it takes to do that in your marriage. And your wife really wants you to, even if she's the dominant one, still by design, she's looking for your your um, identity. She's looking for you to be who, who God says that you are. Um, it's such a such a cool thing that this turned into a marriage conversation because, man, it's a big deal. Let's say you're not married. That's okay, too. That's okay too. Um, maybe maybe this is a conversation that gets you way ahead of the guy that's ten years in the marriage and lost. Mm -hmm. Discover who you are before you step into that. So I mean, it, yes. there's never a wrong time for what we're talking about here at all, um, no. ever. No, no. Um, so my wife and I actually uh, teach a marriage class, and it's it's one of our big passions. And one of the main concepts, and you you basically nailed it. One of the main concepts is if you want to fix your marriage, 
if you want to fix your coworker, if you want to fix your boss, if you want to fix anybody in your life, stand still, draw a circle around yourself and fix everything you can inside that circle. <laughs> That's right, man. <laughs> do, not, do not reach outside of that circle. We can't control other people, but man, when we take care of ourselves and fix ourselves, the things come circle back around. And I would say that's probably one of the best marriage like pieces yep. of advice I've ever, ever encountered. Yeah. Well, I'd say too, man, you're your number one asset. Yep. What, what more would you rather invest into than yourself? Right. I and mean, what you may, there may, you may be, you know, on here listening and you invested millions of dollars in the stock market. That's great. But are you investing that same kind of time and energy in you as a person? Yeah. You know, so don't, don't feel like, uh, you know, see that, see that from an investment because, because there is a return and yes. it's very valuable. It's a high value yes. of what you can do because you may, you may be a kingdom shaker and not even realize it. There may be people just lined up. that need to hear your story and your testimony. You may be somebody that sets, unlocks people. You may be the gatekeeper to who knows the man that needs what you're able to provide him through your breakthrough. That's right. That's right. You, you just basically drew a circle around what our second uh, value, which is ability. And it's that never ending pursuit of learning how to be better and what to be better at, because you just don't know who you're going to Im impact in your life. And you yeah. don't know what impact you can have, even if you are the most unsuccessful, um, you know, divorce four times, you just don't know. <laughs> you may be called yeah. to something really huge and you just don't know. And you got to draw that circle around yourself and take care of that. Um, so how is your marriage today? I mean, that sounds like you guys went through some pretty yeah, we did. nasty stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't, I would say, uh, I, I call I call our marriage an Abraham marriage. You may be listening and saying, what in the world is he talking about? He's about to start preaching at me. No, just hang with me. What I mean is there's a story in a really cool book out there of a guy who really got tested in, in his faith to make a crazy sacrifice that none of us probably would make. And he did it faithfully to go do it. Didn't have to do it. But the point of the story is he was willing to lay it all down, lose it all for sake of the creator and pursuing that. My wife and I, eight years ago, made a decision that I was going to pursue that and she was going to pursue that. And that those two things were the most important thing in either of our lives. And I made that decision even before coming totally clean with her with my issues. So what it meant was uh, there's a shot here in telling her what's been going on that I could lose my marriage. I could lose seeing my kids. There could be another guy that ends up being their dad. There's all that I could lose my job. I was willing to put every bit of that on the line because I had faith in that he'd mm -hmm. provide and I could go and build my house on a foundation like that, my life on a foundation. She felt the exact same way. So the, my point of the story is I would say the reason that I feel strongly about our marriage is because it's been battle tested and it has a, it's rooted in a foundation mm -hmm. that's not just about me and her. It's yeah. rooted in something each of us agree is more important than the other. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that man, I don't, I just don't know any other way to be honest with a man about how to, how to have a marriage like that. So, I mean, like, do, are we perfect? No. Do we get in arguments and fights? Yeah, of course. I mean, we're human beings. Like I don't always agree with her. I think she's crazy sometimes. She thinks I'm nuts sometimes, but <laughs> it's all good. I mean, at, at the end of the day, she's my best friend. Yeah. Um, I, I trust her. 
She trusts me. And, and ultimately, man, here's the deal, man, if you're listening to this, there's nothing my wife doesn't know about me. Nothing. I can put my head on my pillow at night and sleep sound because I know I'm honest. Mm-hmm. And I know what it feels like on the other side of that when you haven't been that way. And it's terrible. And man, there's a place. There's a just, there's an amazing place to get to when your marriage has honesty in it. It's a hard yeah. thing to find, man. Most, most people don't have that. Kim and I went through, my wife and I went through that where we were going through this process where if we had anything we hadn't shared, we, we, need, we sh- were challenged to do it. And mm-hmm. we both did that. And I was really upset. I'm like, this process, I literally thought this process has ruined our marriage. This is this was the <laughs> stupidest thing ever. Well, <laughs> I, I, we, idea was this. <laughs> we both thought that and we were both like this. What did we just step into? But on the other side of that, only a week of, you know, term, torment toil and, and going through the pain of hearing those things, which were deep. After that, we have never had even close to the strongest marriages we have since then. Not even yeah. close. Yeah. And hey, I got a thought on that. Go, yeah. I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, please do. Um, so it, it, back to the identity piece. You know, I even come back to this. Good. Here, here, here's what you're, what it sounds like you're describing out of that, in that dishonesty place, what happens is you're building a relationship with somebody and they don't really know who you are and you don't really know who they are. So really take a step back and ask yourself, what kind of relationship is this? Even like say with your buddies, I mean, I, I had guys I considered best friends in my life and they didn't really know who I was. I didn't really give them the nitty gritty of how I feel about things. And they didn't either. We're all in this like peeing contest of who's the, who's the tougher dude. Who's the stronger, who's the more competitive, you know, who's the, and man, how many guys or people do you have in your life, even your spouse where you really are you with them? Mm. I mean, it's, it's rare thing. So like what happened with you, Scott, is when you went through this honesty session, it was uncomfortable, man. And the reason it was uncomfortable because you just don't, it's not something you normally do. It's, and I'm not talking about a physical honesty. Like here's what I look like. I'm talking about the inside. Quick, quick story. Bees. Follow me for like 30 seconds. Did you know that when a bee goes to pollinate a flower for the first time in its life, if it happens to cross paths with another bee and it's its first time and they're in that flower, they'll fight each other to the death. One of them lives, one of them dies. Happens every time. Hmm. Do you know why that happens? No. It happens because neither of them can stand the aroma that the other one puts off. So they kill it to its death. Huh. And so <laughs> what we do is we pollinate ourselves with all this junk and we live this life of these relationships we create and they're fake. They're not right. even real. Like, I mean, have you ever noticed how, when you drive down the road and there's somebody, this may be a rabbit trail store. I don't know where these bees came from, but maybe this is important to somebody. You ever notice how you get mad at somebody that's at the red light on their cell phone when it turns green and you get raged mad, but then like three lights later, you're on your phone? <laughs> I've never felt that, Zach, ever. Okay. In your, in your marriage or with your kids. I have you get, all the time. You just, you just get totally pissed off at your child or your wife or something. And then a week later, you're doing the very same thing, man. You know what you guys are? You're these stupid bees and you're trying to kill each other over, over your partner doing the same thing you do. You do. Yep. <laughs> you know, so what, 
what happens, the reason I could tie that back to honesty is when you get even when I say get honest, I'm talking about get honest with things like that, with realities of how you feel about certain things and yeah. what the triggers and why am I this and why am I that? Man, what'll happen is you'll start laughing at you. Scott, you just did it. You started laughing about it. Oh man, I'm the worst. I mean, imagine, <laughs> imagine in your marriage, guys, look what just happened organically. Imagine in your marriage, if you could begin to laugh about your differences instead of fight about them. Yeah. You'll never do that unless you get honest with it all. But you can, man. Talk about just a crazy, cool place to get. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Oh, that's that's awesome. And I've never heard the B story. And now every time I curse at someone for being on their phone at the stoplight, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna think I'm a Scott, I, I'll be honest, I don't know if it's true. You know, they say seventy five percent of statistics are made up. I don't know. Uh, if, uh, that was a joke for me, um, I don't know. If <laughs> no, I, it's 86%. Story, 86. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, heard, I heard that thing about those bees one time and I was, I was so interested in that and going, that's incredible. I do that too every day. Yeah. 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 Well, I think there, I, I will, I will say personally, I have not arrived. Um, and, no. <laughs> uh, but when I felt like I had, uh, had, kind of broached the other side of this identity thing where I stopped being concerned about what I should be or what other people might want to see me be, be there was an incredible amount of freedom that occurred. Yeah. A, a kind of freedom that said, Scott, if you start something and it fails, it doesn't have anything to do with who you are. You, mm -hmm. you do what, what you're called to do. Right. Um, so I just want to encourage men to really kind of sink their teeth into this concept and really think about it and find somebody to talk to, man. That's, that's something yeah. I heard you say. It's something that I say. Um, it's incredibly empower, empowering. It's very powerful. Well, it's something that you did. It's something I did, you know, and you, yep. you to tie all this together. You said something about, pain and change earlier that you know you made there's a lot of books out there i've always landed on this thought that when the pain of same outweighs the pain of change is that how you say it scott you know what i'm talking yep. about yep i do then you'll actually make some change you know i mean you, you just this being the same knowing there's some things you're escaping to you want to change gets so heavy that they outweigh the uncomfort of putting it on the table going to somebody with it exposing it to the light when it, when that pain of that same gets that strong, man, you're in a really good place. So my, my hope is that you're listening to this and there's something that was resonating with you. And you, you want it to change in your life, man. Sweet. You're in the best spot you could possibly be right now. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that's powerful and I think we'll, uh, wrap it up on that. Zach, thank you so much. Uh, I, I really appreciate your story and your insight. Um, gentlemen, if you uh, like what you heard, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Uh, we have all sorts of great people joining us, sharing their life stories, men breathing life into other men like Zach did today. Um, and, and share it with other men and then join our Facebook group, Brotherhood of Fatherhood. We're glad you were here today. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right. Thank you.